from Relay FM. It's episode 244 of the Clockwise Podcast, recorded Tuesday, June the 5th, 2018. Clockwise, four awesome people, four tech topics from San Jose, California, in 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that's been hijacked right out from under me. <laughs> I'm your host, Dan Morin, and I am joined by a very special guest co-host whose voice you heard just there, host emeritus, Mr. Jason Snell. Hi, Jason. I am happy to be back on Clockwise. I could, I just jumped right in front of you. you I opened my mouth. My mouth was open. <laughs> and it, it, it just didn't happen. It's good to be back on Clockwise. It just came all, it all came back to me, Dan. I, I know, I know. It's like flashbacks. Yeah, well, we're here. We're seated around a round table with two fantastic guests. Here in San Jose, to my left, the co-founder of Relay FM and the co-host of so many, all the great shows, including Upgrade, Analog, I can't even, I can't name them all. Mike Hurley is here. Hi, Mike. Thanks for being here. I'm happy to be back. This is my triumph from Return to Clockwise. It's been far too long. <laughs> and to my left, it is the host of all the great shows, including Dubai uh. Friday and Roboism. It is TV's Alex Cox. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Jason. You really startled me, so I'm going to talk loud, too, like this, I guess. <laughs> well, we are, of course, gathered in San Jose because the Worldwide Developers Conference was this week. The keynote by Tim Cook and his Motley crew happened yesterday. <laughs> uh, so let's kick it off by talking about one of the things that got a lot of stage time, and that is Augmented Reality and AR Kit 2. Apple showed off a bunch of features for AR, but my question for you folks is, is this compelling to you? Is AR something you spend a lot of time with now, or does this all still seem like it may be some more smoke than actual fire? Mike? So, kind of the first part of the question, AR kit for me mostly is just a novelty. You know, like there'll be an app that uses it and I'll play around with it every now and then. Uh, there was like a lot of Pokemon announcements recently. And so I've been like dipping in and out of Pokemon Go again, like trying to get back to understanding what that's all about. And it's like it's fun stuff. But irrespective of how useful it is or how much anybody uses it, Apple is leaning in so hard on this. And they're going to keep doing it because they clearly believe at this point, I think, that AR is their future. So they're going to keep pushing it and keep pushing it and keep adding to it and adding to it in the hopes that it will eventually catch on. They need another Pokemon Go. They need a Pokemon Go moment that comes from AR. And I think they're going to keep doing that until they get there because they want to sell us things to put on our face in a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the key is that they, they want to keep fanning that the, the flames, to use your fire metaphor. And, and, and it was a well-constructed metaphor. Eventually really. catch fire because they know they need to cook something on that fire later, which is that they want eventually to be experts at augmented reality so they can release an augmented reality something or other but in order to get there i think it's kind of brilliant they've got these devices with cameras they can use this as the testing ground Um, it is more of a novelty than anything else although i'm going to make the argument that two multiplayer ar games i think could be a thing i think that could actually be something that is um, more useful. That demo they had where they're the people doing like the mm-hmm. slingshots mm-hmm. across the table. Yeah. Yes, that table is unreasonably large and clear of any other <laughs> objects. But I think there might be something there in the near term yep. to keep this kind of alive. But in the long term, yeah, this is Apple putting more into this than you would think based on the level of excitement because they're investing and they're hoping that investment will pay off in who knows how many years, two, three, five years from now. 
I'm still putting my hat in the 2021 ring. That's when we're going to be able, man, I'm just excited to put something on my face. (laughs) (laughs) Or a hat. Or a hat on my face. I, I, like Mike said, this is, they're going all in on the glasses. And I was trying to figure out why. um, I don't think I've ever really had a phone addiction problem, or rather I've been addicted to my phone since 2007. Um, And now they're doubling down on the whole um, digital health stuff. But the reason that VR hasn't taken off is because we're already like the people who want it are already at PCs. They're already Mm -hmm. playing games and enjoying VR. And the reason AR hasn't taken off is just because there is not a good enough consumer product yet. And the second that happens, I think it's going to be Apple who fits a camera into a pair of glasses. That's going to be the breaking point. Because they're like the the most popular camera company in the world. So, and uh, what's, oh, dang, what's the new standard? Use, use, I think this is sort of, watching the AR demo, it kind of felt like last year, but with Lego instead in that weird like Firefly-esque game. But I think the use and being able to show it across iOS is like, oh man, we're really ramping up now. Yeah, I agree with all of you in that this seems like the the preamble to something much bigger that comes along because you look at the, the thing that seems to be holding everything back when you watch these demos is who wants to hold an iPad in front of them while doing this? It doesn't seem like it's very comfortable. It doesn't seem very ergonomic. And if you could just replace that with something on your face, why wouldn't you do that? So I, I think that the fact that they're leaning in so hard, as you said, Mike, like they, they really just want to get to a point where when that device rolls out, they're like, look, we already did this all. It's ready to go. Here you go. Enjoy. Um, my favorite tidbit that wasn't, I think, directly mentioned in the keynote was that I guess you can, lo- not only can you see, uh, create AR objects that multiple people can see, but you can anchor them to specific locations. So, you know, I can put an object down and walk away and Jason can walk up hours later and see my object and interact with it and change it in some way why well, didn't left an object here <laughs> why did you steal my object <laughs> so yeah, yeah augmented reality theft is really where it's at um it's a nice yeah. wave of cyber crime <laughs> someone stole my pokemon augmented <laughs> crime <laughs> it's crime but it's better uh thanks for your thoughts on that let's go to our second topic which comes from mike so iOS 12 has introduced a feature called Screen Time, which is going to give us details of how much we're using our phones, the apps that we're using, how many times we pick up our phone every day, and all of our different devices, and it's all going to sync together. So my question is, do you want to know this information about yourself? And if so, why? I do. Apple didn't talk about it in terms of health, but I think it's funny that all the graphs look very much like things out of the health app. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's appropriate i think the whole idea here is it's information as behavioral change like you have to want to change but they will give you the tools so yes you can dismiss the warning that says you've been using twitter all day you should probably stop now and you can say no 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 i want to continue using twitter all day but the idea is that that act of reminding you says oh yeah you're right i i said i would do less of this maybe i should follow these rules so i like i do think that it's useful and you have to want to change but if you choose to look at that information, um, then it can be beneficial. And I think, it, it, like with a lot of health stuff, it'll be over time. Mm-hmm. So the idea that, you know, I find out that I'm using Slack at this level, and I say to myself, okay, I'm using it an average of 12 hours a day. <laughs> maybe, <An> average? <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll set my limit to 
10 hours a day <laughs> and see how I do. And then later you go, okay, now I'm going to set it to eight hours and I'm going to taper down. Like I think the knowledge is power. You've got to want to do it. Um, getting that cold dose of reality saying, uh, like with a, we mentioned on Upgrade, like with time tra- tracking apps where you suddenly realize, wow, I just stared at my screen for an hour and literally didn't do anything. That, that's the, the, the dose of reality. You have to want to get it. Yeah. But um, I'm looking forward to it because I do think it will allow me to uh, fine tune some of the ways I use these things. And I think that's I think that's good. But you do have to want to do it. It's not going to make you, unless you're a kid, in which case it's uh, you're, you're screwed. <laughs> I was kind of surprised that it wasn't integrated into the activities app. Um, mm. Although I guess because that's technically like you only use it if you have a watch. Um, it kind of makes sense. But Mike was a bad influence. So I've gotten into <laughs> time tracking and automating everything. So I don't know if there's been a session about this or if there's been any rumblings. But I hope that with the digital health stuff, they will be able will be able to like automate some stuff. Like, hmm. Uh, like for every you know hour I'm on Twitter, prompt me to spend an hour in the Kindle app or uh, an hour like an hour in Ulysses, like some way to trigger it so that it's like once you've like had your fun on Twitter or on yeah. Instagram, it pushes you to your real work. Yeah, I mean, I think even taking that a step further, what if it puts you to like maybe you should go walk around, like mm-hmm. trigger, yeah, link it in with your Apple Watch too, like <laughs> stop staring at your screen, go mm-hmm. outside. There's a whole world out there. Uh, I think this is a brilliant move by Apple because they've come under fire, as many of these companies have recently, for this idea of people getting addicted to their devices and what are you doing about it? And now they can say, look, we're giving you all the information. We can't make you do anything and we're not going to. Like, that's not our stance. Our stance is not, you need to stop doing this. Our stance is, let's provide you the information you need to make an informed decision. That's really smart. You look like the good guy and you don't have to really do that much. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think that's kind of a win for them. And as for us... Yeah, it is a little, I think it's sobering and I think it's maybe a a wake up call that a lot of us do need for realizing how much we, time we spend interacting with our devices. There's nothing inherently bad about it, but when you do like get that chance to look at maybe I am using Slack 12 hours a day, then maybe you think harder about should I be using Slack 12 hours a day? Should I be on Twitter all this time? Maybe there's something else I could be doing. So giving you the tools to make that decision is I think a really important uh, move and I'm, I'm super curious to see my own statistics and I feel also I'm looking forward to the integration into the, like the, the competition aspect they talked about with activity eventually where it's like oh who can use your phone less on this vacation yep <laughs> definitely gonna pit <laughs> my girlfriend against that <laughs> I like that I hadn't thought of it that way but there are a lot of things that they could do with this and, and I really hope that this is the first step like this isn't just like we implemented this feature and then we walked away for five years like because especially when we're looking and we're going to talk about serious stuff shortly i think there could be some really interesting hooks into shortcuts that come from this data being available to people i'm also really intrigued to see if there was this app a, a while ago that was trying to do um was trying to give you some time tracking stuff based upon screenshots of usage the battery mm-hmm. usage screen and i wonder if anyone's going to try and jerry rig something together <laughs> with this data yeah. i'm really intrigued to see if people want to dig in well, uh, we're halfway through this one, and unless things have gone completely sideways in the last year, that means it's halftime in time for our first Clockwise <laughs> sponsor. This episode of Clockwise is brought to you in part by our friends at Casper. Casper is the company focused on sleep. They're dedicated to making you exceptionally comfortable one night at a time. You spend a third of your life sleeping. If you spent a third of your life doing anything else, you'd want to make sure it was the best it could possibly be. That's why you need Casper. 
Casper. Casper mattresses are perfectly designed for humans, although I can tell you my cat likes it too. With engineering to soothe and support your natural geometry, it's got all the right support in all the right places. What goes into making a Casper mattress so comfortable? There are multiple supportive memory foams for a quality mattress with just the right sink and bounce. Casper mattresses are designed and developed in the U.S., and their breathable design helps to regulate your body temperature throughout the night with more than 20,000 reviews and an average rating of 4.8 stars. Out of five, I'm assuming, that's pretty good. Casper is very quickly becoming the internet's favorite mattress mattress you can be sure of your purchase with casper's amazing 100 night risk-free sleep on it trial they deliver your mattress directly to your door and if there's any reason you don't love it you will be able to send it back to them 100 days not a problem i have a casper mattress the cat likes it like i said the old mattress cat didn't like so much because any movement on the bed ejected the cat <laughs> from the bed because like you sit down the cat is gone so now the cat can rest comfortably knowing that humans are around and it's fine so it's comfortable for humans and cats we don't let the dog on the bed so i can't say i i imagine dogs like cats it too have their own dog beds that's true you might want to have their all you know it is a little intimidating having mike here while i read now <laughs> anyway you can get 50 dollars towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash clockwise and using clockwise at checkout what a great code that is clockwise that's the name of the podcast you're listening to terms and conditions apply casper.com slash clockwise offer code clockwise thank you to casper supporting this show that i used to be on Let's tell you about my topic then. Is that how this works, Dan? That's how this works, my turn Jason. Now? All right. Um, so macOS Mojave is going to have Mojave. some new apps in it, new Mac apps, brand new apps for the Mac from Apple. Hooray! Stocks, my least favorite iOS app, <laughs> comes to the Mac. Everyone's stocks, least favorite. Stocks, stocks. Voice recording. Stocks. Yeah, Apple News, amazing. And Home, home which I actually really want a HomeKit on the Mac, and so I'm actually very excited about that. But these apps may be more interesting for what they represent, which is the first step by Apple to their credit, using their own technology here before they unleash it on other people to take iOS apps, the code base from iOS apps, and turn them into Mac apps directly. And this is something that other iOS developers are going to be able to do next year. And I'm just curious what all of you think about this move by Apple. Is it a good idea? What are the ramifications for the Mac versus iOS? Does this take these platforms and smush them together in a weird way? Or is it good news for Mac users that there will be more apps? Alex, what do you think? I am totally in favor of the smooshing of everything. <laughs> I, it felt... I felt like a ding-a-ling because I'm like, why is it stock, 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 stocks? <laughs> and by the end, you know, there's the, a chart, it, <laughs> there's spark lines, and news, and there's news. business news, news money, 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 stocks, money. stocks, stocks, stocks. <laughs> Elon Musk stocks. Um, then, but then I, I got really excited. They kept showing logic on the screen while they were talking about Mac OS and they were also saying we want to bring all of our great apps to the iPad as well and I it felt like they were kind of teasing like oh oh logic and final cut pro eventually on the iPad but that could be wishful thinking this also just reaffirms the idea that Apple is committed to the Mac I don't know if UI kit is going to be the winner of like uh, what devs use for everything in the future. I hope that there will be uh, not as much infighting as there used to be because 
in terms of iPad versus Mac because I love all three. I love the idea that the iPad is a third device. And I was talking to Steven and Sparky the other day about, you know, my dream is truly for everything to just be fluid. And also, I just want an overcast app, really. But I'm, I'm excited overall. <laughs> Yeah, I think this is really interesting. And I think the most interesting part of it to me is this idea that it is only the first step, right? Like this is sort of like, we cut, we, we spend some time on this. And this is like the first move is we can bring iOS apps to Mac apps to to the Mac fairly easily for, for many different types of apps, um, which means there's a lot of steps left here. Now, the I, I always have to parse Apple statements super carefully because you look at something like, are you merging the iOS and the Mac? No. Okay, that seems pretty obvious on the, the face of it, but it leaves open a lot of possibilities like, no, we're killing them both and creating something totally new. So we didn't merge them. We told you we weren't merging them. Um, they are extremely literal, literal about those things. So I, I think this is really interesting, and I think it's a big win because it makes it so much easier for uh, developers to deploy apps on both uh, both the iOS and the Mac with sort of a modicum of effort. Not for everybody, but for a, like certain types of apps, it certainly makes it a lot easier. I think it will be interesting to see how this develops. We've heard some rumors about things like um, these declarative UI things that might come further down the road, which might be like step two, uh, where it's easier to build things that just sort of deploy on both systems. Um, I, I think making all these things work better together, it's it's got to be tough to a certain extent for Apple to maintain these two huge OSs. And so anything that makes it easier for them and easier for developers to make everything work together in harmony is got to be to the good. So I think... This is a plus. I understand why it worries some people, but I think it just shows that you know, it does show, as Alex said, that this is a commitment to the Mac because they're not just being like, yeah, we're trashing this in favor of iOS. So uh, I'm, I'm giving it a thumbs up. I think it's only a good thing. Ultimately, I think it's good for all the platforms. You know, I, It's not even so much where I think, oh, well, if they do this, maybe maybe they'll go the other way. Right? Like, I want what Alex wants. I want Mac, like fully powered Mac apps to be on the iPad as well. But I think it could just be more that third-party developers think more seriously about their iPad UI because that's going to be the UI that shows up on the Mac. And I'm I'm really intrigued to see if, like, yes, Apple have pitched this as a Mac thing now, but I actually think that it's in service of both the iPad and the Mac because if they are going to really encourage developers to make these applications that will feel at home on the Mac, that means they're going to be pretty powerful. And... If they share this UIKit code base, it's gonna, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what it does for both platforms. I I I also feel like we we can like maybe make some kind of truce now, and everyone can stop fighting about the platform. <laughs> I feel like I'm extending, you know, I want to extend an olive branch to everybody, but like, let's just stop fighting because now, really, it does honestly feel like that the iPad and the Mac. You, ju- I'm hoping that it'll end up being you just choose the format that you want. Because the software is going to be, by and large, pretty similar in a lot of cases. And we'll just adjust based on what yep. device you're using, which is a very apple idea. I think it is already there in the sense that there are a couple apps. Stocks! Stocks! That oh, weren't, stocks, on, stocks. weren't on the iPhone before, or weren't on the iPad before. They were only mm-hmm. on the iPhone. And as a part of this project of bringing them to the Mac... They're also on the iPad now, right? So that that suggests very much that the that that's the direction. It's like larger screens, different interfaces, and the iPad and the Mac are not that different. Especially the fact that two thirds of the Macs mm-hmm. that are being shipped are laptops, so their screens are not particularly larger not than so different. You than, and I, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So we meet again, you old friend. I. So. 
one of the things that has not gotten a lot of play yet that I think is actually going to be a huge deal for both platforms, something that was said in the State of the Union, and Craig Federighi has said it in some interviews, is this idea that there is the substrate is the term that he's been using. Um, and they showed it on a slide in the keynote, but they explained it a little bit more later. The idea that Mac and iOS are built on the same substrate, that that, that layer below UIKit and AppKit is a bunch of underlying fundamental technologies all the way down to Darwin Right, that was the basis of OS ten, that are not quite the same. That the iPhone OS back in two thousand seven was based on Mac OS ten, but in the intervening decade, they both kind of drifted. And part of this project is taking um, UIKit and putting it on the Mac. Part of the project, though, and they said this on stage, is getting the substrate to be the same across both platforms. And that's really interesting because that suggests that Apple is also in this multi-year campaign to take a low-level operating system stuff that and make it the same on both platforms in ways that it isn't right now. Especially as we also hear rumors about hardware changes to yes. the platforms, right? Like there's a lot, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff swirling I, around. I feel like the, that we've got a few more blind men in the room feeling the elephant now. <laughs> yeah. So that's <laughs> great party game, by the way. <laughs> anyway, if you can find an elephant. Anyway, on that note, Alex, what do you have for us? Should we talk about um, my conspiracy? Oh wow! It's Siri- really uh, it's not a good pun. Conspiracy. Con- yeah. All right, <laughs> what a great word. Uh, Siri Kit, I think not Siri Kit. Sorry, did they even talk about Siri Kit? I think Siri Kit is going to die. It's mentioned, I think it's mentioned elsewhere, but it was yeah. not a certainly not some other stuff. Center. But mm-hmm. uh, you mean Siri, Siri shortcuts? shortcuts. Uh, I, all of us have been holding our breath. What's going to happen to workflow? Is it going to die? Is it going to be very sad? No, no, no. It's a completely new app called Siri Shortcuts. And it, it feels like a simplified version of Workflow, the beloved automation iOS app. And I, Avi, one of the co-founders, tweeted that morning, I think, it's going to be a good keynote. And everybody just, I or at least I just lost my mind being, and I'm so excited. This, I think could be what Steve Jobs wanted from Siri because there was that article that I've become obsessed with in the information where you had to give your email and it was weird like the the real story about Siri and ever since then I'm like oh did it go the opposite way that Steve wanted did it go to a personal assistant whereas Steve wanted it to be the backbone of iOS for that to be the true the like true way you interact with iOS. So I I don't know. I'm d- you guys are shaking your head, and <laughs> we're, I, we're I'm trying nervous. to figure out how to spell conspiracy. conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't like recording podcasts live, <laughs> or rather, I don't like looking people in the eye. So I'm just don't yeah looking right at this article. Um, I I don't know. How about you, Dan? I just this feels like the start of something a, a beautiful, beautiful friendship. I, I really like this idea uh, and of of Siri having this sort of flexibility in here because. What I think it does is puts a lot of power in the hands of users, uh, where we end up having this whole thing with users being able to define shortcuts and create the kind of, you know, the ways they want to interact with Siri rather than having that declared and them having to figure out what is the arcane syntax and the way I need to talk to this thing in order to get it do what I want. Oh, what if I could just make it do what I want when I say what I want to say? 
it doesn't solve all the user cases. There's there's good sides and bad sides to it because the good side is that customization and the fact that it looks fairly easy to do so. But the downside is it's not really it's not really an artificial intelligence thing at that point because all you're doing is training like your dog. I say sit, it sits. It doesn't know what you mean by sit, but it knows to sit when you hear sit. Um, so there's not a lot of deeper interaction. There's not a lot of semantic parsing going on here. So anything that's more complicated than ex- what you've explicitly defined is just not, it doesn't work, right? Like if you go off book or off script, it's never going to, it's not going to react to that. And I think that's the challenges of this. Siri is a digital assistant, right? They, all these things are digital assistants. Assistants also carry out tasks you tell them or ask of them. It's not just like, assistant, anticipate my every need. And I think that's the way that it seems like, especially Google is, is treating their assistant and how Apple has looked at Siri before is like, oh, it just has to work. Machine learning. Machine learning will know exactly what you want. Now, sometimes I just want to say, hey, do this thing. And that's why I'm really excited about the Siri shortcut stuff is being able to create these beautiful workflow-esque chains of things. That's really exciting to me. Um, and the ability to be able to just have it so I can set up a lovely chain of actions and all these chains are going to be incredibly baked into everything in the system. It seems really powerful and I'm very excited for maybe the other shoe to drop with the HomePod because yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. Mm. like oh. it, being able to trigger this stuff from the HomePod means this makes much more sense to me. It's why I kind of mentioned I think that Siri Kit's going to go away. I think that this will be more powerful than Siri Kit in the long run if everyone could just create their Siri shortcuts and a HomePod could trigger them all. It just seems perfect. Yeah, from my perspective, the uh, I felt like when Apple bought Workflow, there were a lot of different ways it could go. And so far as we can tell, this is the best case scenario. It is. This is mm-hmm. literally the best case scenario. This is Apple recognizing that there are people who want to tell an assistant, essentially, do these steps. And letting them do that and it can be as complicated or as simple as you want it to be um i think that siri shortcuts the great thing about it is there will be a motivator um to app developers who would never have bothered to work with workflow to be part of siri and so you're going to get app support that you just would have never gotten before and that's really Really exciting yeah all the big apps that would never have thought oh, some nerdy automation thing doesn't matter. But like, yeah, but we want to be, we want you to be able to tell Siri to order your Starbucks and go pick it up. And at that point, Starbucks is now automatable mm-hmm. across iOS. Very exciting. My next, my big overarching question would be, where does this go in the long run? Because if you do have iOS apps that are running on the Mac in the future, like does does that come to the Mac? Does it interact with existing workflow stuff that's on the Mac, like Automator? Does that go away and get replaced by this? There are some messy parts of this that are going to have to be cleaned up, but I couldn't be more excited. I think this is the uh, the best timeline. I love my Amazon Tube friend, but I can't wait for this to come to the HomePod. And I know that I'm basically going to burn my da- house down. <laughs> Somehow, there's going to be. I have a very patient partner, but I think this is going to put them over the edge with the Siri. Crazy. Burn my house down. Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> I was just singing, burning down the house. It got out of hand. Damn <laughs> you, Tom Jones. All right. Well, that brings us to a close for our four topics. We have just enough time for a bonus topic. But first, let me tell you about our sponsor. This episode of Clockwise is brought to you by Text Expander from our friends at Smile. You can communicate smarter with Text Expander. Create snippets for things you type or copy and paste all the time. 
You can set up snippets for website URLs, email addresses, today's date, names you find difficult to spell or names you find difficult to snell, answers to common questions, and more. Then summon your snippets in any app on Mac, iPad, iPhone, and Windows. Just use a quick search or type your custom abbreviation. It saves you from typing the same things over and over and over and over again. And you can check out TextExpander.com slash blog for more ideas like how to get TextExpander to fill in forms for you, including tabbing. Plus, you can share your snippets with your team, saving them time and letting them get on with the more important stuff. Go to TextExpander.com slash podcast for 20% off your first year. Just tell them you heard about them on this show. That's TextExpander.com slash podcast. Open it in your browser right now and get 20% off your first year when you tell them that you came from this show, which is called Clockwise. We'd like to thank TextExpander for their support of Clockwise. And now the bonus topic really quick. There are scooters littered everywhere across Let's San Jose. <laughs> Have you scooted, Mike? Sunday. I, I, was, I wasn't in town for more than 12 hours, and I'm flying down the sidewalk on one of these scooters. They are uh, amazing and shouldn't be allowed. They're so <laughs> Like dangerous. so many things in life. Have I scooted? Are you crazy? I have a family. I, I, I have I, a life to live. I, I, I don't want to die. It's not my time. I didn't take out scooter insurance. <laughs> they look very dangerous, and no, I have not scooted. I am a scooter slash Segway enthusiast. Wow, that's a thing I'm saying on the internet. Mm-hmm. And I love them. They are dangerous. They shouldn't be allowed in cities, but I... Gosh, I hope that it, it, it comes to Chicago, where I'm from. And I love it. That's all. It's, it's the best week of my life. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I have been suffering a little bit from a foot injury this week, so I have not scooted. I've not partaken in the scooter. I'm a little wary of them. I, I don't know. I just don't know how I feel about all the scooter hooligans. The scooli- scootigans, if you will. <laughs> They're scootigans. part of the conspiracy. Oh, God. All right. We should end this before it gets, it gets out of hand. <laughs> I'm so all sorry. that remains of, for us this week is to thank our guests. Mike Hurley, thank you so much for being here. Always a pleasure. And Alex Cox, thank you so much for being here. I've been like Micah for a minute. You're welcome, Jason. It was great. And Jason, thank you so much for sitting in to co-host. It was a pleasure to have you back. It was great to be back, Dan. And all that we have to remind all of our listeners out there is, remember, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.